Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company in 2020. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. In this episode, I chat with Harry Anscombe, founder of Beagle Media, who create TV documentary series for the likes of BBC Two and the Discovery Channel, and they're also celebrating their 10th year this year. He shares advice on how important it is to get a mentor from the start and why your relationships and processes are as important as the end product, as well as possibly my favourite quote so far. The best advice someone ever gave me was, work hard and don't be a dick. The other good news is that I'm getting a little bit better at editing, so you've missed the first few minutes of me not realising my mic wasn't on. But anyway. Hi. How are you? How's, how's your day? Busy day? Busy day, yes, but... Um, Surfing? I went for a little surf this morning, yes. And very, nice. very nice. Well, thank you for your time today. But to start with, Harry, it would be wonderful if you could give a brief introduction to who you are. Um, your name and a bit of background, and perhaps a bit about your company. Okay. Hello. I'm Harry Anscombe. I run Beagle, which is a production company. We make television documentaries and communications content. And we are based in Cornwall, in North Cornwall. And we've got a base in London as well. We're 10 years old. And I used to work at Channel 4, uh, which was a you know a big company. So made the leap into being self-employed all those years ago it wasn't the leap um the, the day after you got married to my best friend it was yes i don't know why i just had a <laughs> quarter life crisis thinking right i've got to go on an even bigger adventure yeah haven't looked back really and what was it that spurred you on to become self-employed why did you start beagle i didn't know i was a journalist before and when you're a journalist, you're, you're always standing on the sidelines watching people do stuff. And I used to interview all these exciting and interesting, brave and cool people. And I thought, well, hey, I want to try doing that. And so starting a business was, seemed, like a, seemed like a good idea. And so I didn't really have an idea of what it was going to be at the start. I was literally like, do you know what? I'm happily just standing on Oxford Street with a big board saying golf this way and have a golf sale. Uh, and ended up being a bit of communications and a bit of content making. After that, we kind of followed the client base and turned into sort of full production. So you started with an idea of knowing you wanted to be self-employed, but not a fully formed business plan as to what that agency would be providing clients? Yes. I knew I wanted to try having a business and I knew I wanted to create something uh, and not being a big company politique and that's all really and then the rest of it just followed which is not necessarily the right thing (laughs) the fact that you have tailored your lifestyle because of it is it's allowed you a freedom and i wondered if you could talk a little bit about what it means to you to run your own company now yes running your own companies you, you never switch off because you're always thinking about what's next and that is a mental state i guess you've got to be happy to be in the whole time because uh, you can you can never do enough you know you, there's always more you could do there's always an extra email you can send or someone you can chat to or a client you can chase uh, and so having some discipline around that 
was really, really crucial early on because, you know, I meet so many people now who have their own businesses and they just throw themselves into it and have no balance of life. Coping with that anxiety is, is the first thing that I found the hardest. How did you overcome it? Moving to Cornwall, learning to surf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually moving to Cornwall was much, was actually really stressful because again, if you're living in London, you know that hopefully you can gather some clients together and get some work one way or the other. But in Cornwall, it makes it even harder. So, I mean, that was five years after having the business. And and we just thought, you know what, we're going to make it work. I, we just need to have a standard of living if we're going to have a business and that balance of life. And so we just went for it. And it was stressful at the start because we were worried we weren't going to make ends meet. If you've got passion for what you do and and you're happy to put the work in, then you'll make it happen. And you started a company. What was it you did first? So at the start, I quit my job. I sold my flat and I had 50 grand. And with that, I thought that can see me through for a period of time. So I had a little bit of buffer. I made a website and wrote some bullshit and put it on and, <laughs> and agonized over every sort of adjective to describe myself and my experience and, and then soon realized it was about just getting out there and meeting people meeting potential clients and after about three months managed to get some contracts through the door and it kind of went from there because i remember when we first chatted and i was starting out and you'd given me some fantastic advice um, about finding a mentor. Yes. So I'm telling my experience because it, it wasn't the right way of doing it. I don't think, I guess there is no right way. I just knew I wanted to have a business and wanted to create something and have that experience. And so just threw myself into it. But I, you know, if I could talk to myself back at the start 10 years ago, I would say get a mentor because we found a chairman five years into the business and it's the best thing we did uh, and that person is a experienced seasoned silver fox who has been through 25 years of running their own business to great success and there's a lot of people out there like this who are happy to give advice and keen to do that and it's a passion of theirs uh you know instead of sort of joining the golf club or something mm-hmm. and that gave us so much focus and direction and confidence that we were making the right decision and we kind of put our lives into that person's hands a bit and it's worked out really well having that experience next to you means so much and how did you go about finding this person so how did you find so it was just word of mouth really i mean it was as i said it was after a few years we kind of knew we wanted a a mentor and we we met a few people and some of them didn't feel right or they didn't have quite the right experience and then I got introduced to this person who ran a big production company making television and comms content. And he, we just sort of got on, really. We had a coffee and just got on. And he sensed the ambition that I had and was like, okay, I'm up for this. Uh, and so we agreed a salary and a share option with him. So he felt like he was also invested in the business. From day one, it's been just brilliant. The risk is they give you advice that you don't like and it's challenging at times because they tell you all the bad stuff. They tell you, they're not there to pat you on the back, really. 
or say what an amazing job you're doing. They're there to steer you through all the tricky moments and to tell you when you're doing things wrong. We had so many little side hustles when we started. We were like, hey, let's do a bit of this and do a bit of that. And, uh, you know, we made a hologram machine with Conrad and we had a climbing, little climbing business on the side. You know, he, he, he got, we got rid of all the side hustles. We focused on what we were trying to do. We had a little strategy where we were going to do a bit more comms content, get some clients that were repeated, and we knew they were going to return to us. So building that relationship, and then we were going to go into television. And that's exactly what we've done, and it's worked really well based on that advice. When you're running a business, the hardest thing is the people and dealing with you know relationships that haven't worked out, whether that be client or staff. He has been brilliant at helping us be grown up about that because when you're counting every penny and it's your own business it's everything's sacred and i think a lot of business owners fall down at that point so we he's helped us be grown-ups he's helped us get rid of the side hustles and he has you know helped us grow and, and that was absolutely vital so you recommend do that from the get-go i would say get a mentor as soon as you can and if you're ambitious be happy to take negative thoughts on board because they'll help you like critics are the ultimate optimist in a way and he believes in us and, and that person will believe in you but they will be critical but you will grow so much quicker and just little things like being taught that relationships are so important and that process is as important as the creative product you're making in a lot of instances i was going to say if you find yourself having lots of expensive lunches and and then just agreeing with everything you're doing then it's probably you probably need to change your mentor um, <laughs> Because, hey, you might be doing everything right, but it's very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, exactly. Yeah. What does success look like to you being self-employed? Success to me is growing a business, having staff that are with us long term and that feel like they're, happy, they're being fulfilled in their roles and having a balance of life, mm. which is hard to do and take belief in, you know, in your routine and how you work. How do you structure your day or, or ring fence that work-life balance? You just, I just, I think when you own a business, you, you start getting to know yourself really well because you're working, you're dancing to your own tune, you know, and you, and you start realizing, well, actually, I, personally, I work really well early in the morning and I peter out at about three o'clock. If that's how you work best, then wrap your day around that don't try and just work to the traditional nine to five routine which someone invented however many years ago <laughs> and you know equally you don't have to sit at a desk I mean I just find it weird how we're all expected to go to a building somewhere and sit in a room all day long and we're supposed to come up with ideas and be productive it's kind of weird I'm sure our great-grandchildren will look back on us and go well why did you do that you know nowadays you can work anywhere and not feel guilty about it yeah technology is so advanced now uh, which means you can work from anywhere. And maybe that's what COVID's done as well, is that shown people that, hey, you don't need to just work in an office and spend half of the day on Facebook and then half of the day maybe working a bit just to make yourself feel confident. I feel it's given the world a giant wake-up call to autonomy and that you're employing adults to do a job, let them just get on with it. Yeah. And what is it you enjoy the most about being self-employed? If you've got someone who's kind of really excited about going into work and really positive and you know, they're sort of jumping, jumping for joy every morning, then that's not realistic and they're doing something wrong. It's kind of the person who's praying over their rosary beads every morning who, who is the true business owner because they really care and, and that belief in what you do and having to 
have that passion and work hard in order to succeed that that's what owning a business gives me you know that sort of adrenaline that you don't maybe get when you're in a big company if that makes sense yeah absolutely I mean I've learned this very quickly you can still have a bad day if you're self-employed how do you reinstall that motivation and that drive the worst experience I find running a business is confrontation and misunderstandings between people and and that's what I find the most stress it's not it's not really workload it's not the amount of work it's it's the communication and relationships with people that break down if something goes wrong and mm. I hate that feeling it really hangs over me it'll hang over me over a whole weekend if I feel like I've upset someone what uh they didn't understand what I meant uh and that's kind of emotional energy that's that's really draining uh and that's what I find the hardest to deal with and perhaps when you, when you're in a bigger company or you're being paid you have HR and you have structure and you have and then dealing with that is something a mentor is for I guess how do you conquer it self-awareness and having people around you that that can tell you when you're doing things that aren't right that's mm. that's the best way I would say which you don't often get in a big company but in a small company if people are honest with you like that and you're happy to be honest with them then it works really well the best skill you can learn I think is that having a small business is is finding good talent and making them enjoy their work because I don't know who said it but you know surround yourself by people who are better than you is such good advice because they'll <laughs> you know they'll make your business more successful and on that how do you keep current because previously I've learned by osmosis being around other departments within a bigger company and now working for my living room table I'm not necessarily learning and I have to be proactive in that where do you seek your skill sets if you're self-employed and you're trying to grow a business you know, you are trying to lead others, aren't you, to, in doing stuff. I mean, if you're actually doing the actual work, then that's that's tricky. Um, but if you're leading others and you're trying to get them to work to grow your business, then, you know, that's the ultimate challenge. You know, having rising talent is what excites me most. And, and, and helping them grow within your business is is so rewarding. And at what point with Beagle did you get to the point where you're like, right, I now need to delegate that. That is a role for somebody else to do and it will free me up to move on to more of the business strategy or the growth. Oh, I love to delegate. I think if, you, if, you, if you're happy to delegate, then, you know, go for it. If you, but people find that really hard because they're like, they want control. They want a job done properly is doing, needs to be done by yourself, you know, so... I don't believe that. I believe that you've got to surround yourself by people that are better than you and get them passionate and believe in their work and empower them to do a great job. Yeah. And, and I think once you've taken that step, you can grow your business. But if you, if you have to keep doing the work yourself, then you will never grow. What's your best advice for managing that client relationship, given that you are client facing? Anything you can share on pricing would be great right now. So we had a triangle written on the whiteboard when we first started which was what's their budget how nice are they and how long are we going to be able to have this relationship and we said if two of those corners of the triangle are achievable then we'll do the job and that kind of served us pretty well for the first few years and then 
you start, I guess, getting an instinct for it. When it comes to pricing, look, we all have three clients that pay 90% of our wage bill um, and then 10 clients that pay the other 10%. That's, that's an eternal problem, I think, with client-led businesses. If you can get people excited by your energy and your ability, then you know, start small and you can always grow it. If you're upbeat and excited about what you're doing, people definitely feel that energy and, and more inclined to want to talk to you further. So try and build up some cash, I would say, if you can. Get that cash in the bank and try and protect it. And then you'll sleep so much better because you know, hey, fuck it. If I lose a client tomorrow, I've got a bit of cash in the bank. Everyone has told me you, you will have to walk away from business. You will have to decline opportunity because they're not the right fit for you or you're not the right fit for them. And as soon as you identified that, the better, because you're going to stop wasting everybody's time. I think you said earlier, and this might be going back over something again, but managing clients' expectations, you said the relationships were really as important as the end product. Yeah, I think relationships, process, uh, are as important as the end product. And, you know, we when our chairman came in, we were like, well, we'll just meet people on the road and see how we get on. And if we like people, then that's cool. But he was like, we've got a client in America, go and see them. And we were like, well, that's going to be five grand in flights and accommodation. And we're probably going to get half an hour with them. He's like, just go. You know, they will appreciate you going. And they, if you want to build that business, then it, it will be down to that relationship. And he really emphasized that. And, and it has really worked. And And he he hammered it home really early on, which was don't obsess over the product, whatever that may be. In our case, it's film. Don't obsess over that. Obsess over the relationship and people will buy from people they like, first of all. And then in the corporate and comms world and in the TV world, it is about process. If they know that you're going to deliver on time, on budget and it's all going to be manageable and they're going to be able to communicate with you and not wait three days for an email back, then that's another reason why they will go with it. And then they'll look at your creative and they'll go, okay, well, let's look at what they've made before and then we'll decide. I mean, it's so true and everything. I mean, we're just trying to get our drive tarmacked at the moment. And I've gone with the bloke <laughs> that I like most and who replies to my texts. And I haven't even seen any of the work yeah. he's done before. He's probably the crappiest tarmacker I've, you know, in Cornwall. But it, those are the two reasons. And that's like, God, that's so true. Uh, and it's down to the point, really, that, you know, you make, we make decisions based on our emotions. We don't make them based on fact. And trust is built. Yeah, and trust is built. And a lot of these clients, and that leads to a long-term relationship. And a lot of these clients have very strict procurement processes, which kind of reduces, but if you stick to relationship and process equally as you do to the product, that was the advice we got and it's really stood us in good stead. And lastly, what, if you could go back and do it all over again, what would you have not done? If, ever, if, if I'd started all over again, I would not have just opened up to everything. I would have tried to have focused on an area and that area would have been something that would have been commercially viable, but also something that I was passionate about. And it's such a cliche, but if you try and do something you're not passionate about, you'll just plod along and be miserable. 
and all the effort it takes to setting up a company is yeah. then what's the point if you're just doing something you could have just yeah. done anywhere else but also if you just do something you're hugely passionate about and there's no commercial angle to it then you're living in a dream world you know you, you won't survive and i've seen lots of people do that as well and it's hard it's hard on your ego to yeah. go street side when you when you're you know i was at channel four and i had a channel <laughs> four email signature and i felt all important when i was 28 and when you're street side you know you pick a name for your company and you've got that sitting underneath your name on your emails and you're like fucking hell this is a i'm such no a cares. loser yeah and you wake up in the middle of the night going, i'm such a fucking loser um and and you get that yeah imposter <laughs> syndrome and then and then you win a client and suddenly you've got 50 grand in the bank because someone's paid you to do something. You feel like a fucking hero. There's a really beautiful convergence for me at the moment of being nudged out of my job quite forcefully as in, yeah. hi, good morning, this is your last day, to there's a global pandemic. No one's going to be hiring. Crap. What's that mean? Okay, it means I have to work for myself. Okay, go. And within a day, it felt really good. And I was yeah. talking to another friend about it. It's like you fall into it. You're sort of, you're you already into it before you've even thought about it. And much like you, you like, I'm just going to go for this and see what comes out of it. And 10 years later, congratulations, you have a very successful company, a job that you love, a lifestyle that is exactly where you and your family wanted to be. It's incredible to see that actually you are responsible for your own life. So the best advice someone ever gave me was work hard and don't be a dick. Uh, and if you follow that you'll be fine <laughs> I told that to my three-year-old the other day and she went and told a teacher and I was like do you know what that's fine um because it's such good advice and you know you can turn people down in a gracious way you know thank you Harry thanks that's Jules very very insightful what Harry didn't mention is that alongside the 10-year growth of Beagle Media and the relocating of both business and home to Cornwall is that he and my dear friend Bryony had three children and built a stunning house that was recently featured on Grand Designs. I've often admired how much they have achieved over the years and I'm very grateful to have gleaned all of Harry's advice so early on in my starting out. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up, hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups, Fallowfield and Mason. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. I would be delighted if you'd rate, review and share this podcast with anyone else who might be starting a company in 2020.